Good afternoon, Facebook. I'm Erie Times News online reporter Sarah Grabsky. We are here today on Go Erie Live with Stephanie Winzik. Stephanie, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Stephanie is a paranormal author and all-around historian, history expert, I guess. Oh, dear. I don't know. If, yeah, <laughs> she'll live up to that. Um, but we are today talking about Erie County's haunted history, which Stephanie and I were just actually talking a little bit about um before we got on so uh what i wanted to mention is we are live so leave comments anything you want to hear any stories you want to hear about leave them in the comments um questions for us and our photography supervisor christopher millette uh will be moderating and um he will uh, ask as they come in so um in the meantime we are going to talk about um one of our favorite i guess legends in Erie County here, which is Axe Murder Hollow. Uh, Stephanie, what's the legend and, and tell us what you know about it? Well, what I know about it is what's been passed down over decades in Erie. No one is really exactly sure when this legend started, uh, but it's it occurs, Axe Murder Hollow is out on Thomas Road, which is just off Steratania Road in Mill Creek and it's a very it's a windy kind of a dark road when you drive back there if you haven't been back there um, and it is very spooky uh, so this legend started uh, about a farmer who lived in an old farmhouse back in the woods no one's exactly sure when but we're thinking like around the 20s the 1930s and he had a wife and three children living with him and one summer he decided to hire a farmhand to help him out with the chores and long story short he at one point decided that his wife must be having an affair with this farmhand. So one night, as the story goes, he went to his shed, got an axe, chased his wife and three children through Steratania Woods, and when he caught up with them, he chopped them all to pieces. Now, this is the legend. Uh, I have to insert a disclaimer here that there is no documentation that this crime ever took place. So no one is exactly sure where it started. Uh, but people have gone out to Axe Murder Hollow for decades, especially around Halloween time, just to get scared. And it is spooky. Uh, the house is no longer there. There are some old steps back in the woods that are maybe have blood on them. Maybe it's blood. Maybe it's not blood. Uh, there is some kind of discoloration, but people do believe that that's blood on the steps. Um, and then there's a, a almost identical legend that has been floating around Erie about Axe Murder Hollow at the same time as this one, and that concerns a band of gypsies that were supposedly camped out in Steratania Woods back in the 30s. Um, one night, the gypsy king became enraged with the gypsy queen because he thought she was having an affair, and so he got his axe and he chased her through Steratania Woods, and when he caught her, he chopped her head off and supposedly buried her head in the basement of the Weiss Library, which is a beautiful building on the corner of Thomas Road and Steratania Road. Uh, now, the Weiss Library is a private residence now, and to my knowledge, no one has dug up the basement to see if the Gypsy Queen's head is in there, but that's how the story goes. So, again, no one knows how it got started. Now, generally, legends start with a grain of truth, and then they grow into something else, but this one just sort of started out of nowhere, but, uh, but it's very popular at Halloween. Um, now, what are some of the accounts that you've heard of, like people like seeing or feeling when they go out to Axe Murder Hollow? Well, some people will say that on one side of the road, all the birds sing and the chipmunks chirp and so forth. And on the other side of the road where this house supposedly was, it's silent. The flowers don't grow. The birds don't sing and so forth. Um, that's not really been my experience. <laughs> I've been out there. Um, so I guess it depends on what, 
when what time of year you go out there but supposedly this happens um, also there is an urban legend about the bridges on Thomas Road if you drive out there there's three little bridges if your car stalls on the first one you're okay if it stalls on the second one you're okay but if your car stalls on that third bridge on Thomas Road then you just disappear into Axe Murder Hollow and you're never seen again <laughs> <That's> so <insane. laughs> But, you know, right now it's it's actually a little bit more built up now than it used to be. Yeah. Uh, so it's, there's a subdivision back there. So, uh, but it is, it's still, it's pretty spooky, especially if you drive out there at night. Yeah. Um, and, uh, please drop us comments. Tell us your experience with Axe Murder Hollow if you've had any, because I'm sure that you get comments like uh, yes, that all the time. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear your experiences. <laughs> yes, for sure. Um, now, Stephanie, tell us about what are some of the the haunted places in Erie County that people may not know about? Well, um, there's quite a few, actually. Some of them are in actually in the city. Uh, one of the most haunted places around this, actually, the peninsula and the bayfront is Graveyard Pond, which is right adjacent to Beach 11. It's kind of a marshy, swampy area, and it's called Graveyard Pond because, as the story goes, the Niagara ship was docked there in 1813, the winter after they helped win the Battle of Lake Erie, and they got iced in, and then one of the soldiers got smallpox, or the sailors, excuse me, and then a whole bunch of the sailors got smallpox, and what they were doing was chopping holes in the ice and dumping the bodies underneath the ice of this pond when wow. people died and then as the legend has it some of the men weren't quite dead yet when they got dumped under the ice oh gosh so people on beach 11 have said that they see this figure coming out of the fog at dusk out of graveyard pond and it's this man with an old tattered military uniform on and this has been since the 1950s people have reported this several times that they see these people coming out of graveyard pond and the story is that it's the, the ghosts of these sailors from the Niagara that got dumped under the ice when they were dead and maybe not quite dead yeah. and never got, got a proper burial. So again, there's no real documentation that this happened. It's just another story uh, that's been handed down. Now out in the county, Girard, where I'm my, actually, that's my hometown. Um, I grew up hearing all the ghost stories and there's a ton of ghost stories <laughs> in Girard. And they all seem to center around, or most of them, around the Battles Museums, okay, which is just off the main road in Girard, if you haven't been there. There are these two uh, beautiful Victorian mansions that were built in the 1850s, and they were occupied by members of the Battles family. And especially, the, there's, a, there's a yellow house and a white house. The white house is especially active with hauntings. Uh, Miss Battles lived there from 1864 until 1952 when she died in the house and she had a companion who lived with her, Georgiana Reed, and between the two of them, uh, it appears that the two of them are still haunting that White House. So huh. that's a very actively haunted area. And then just beyond those homes is Gudgeonville. Uh, many people ask me about Gudgeonville. Yes. Uh, there used to be a, a covered bridge out in Gudgeonville, which is, again, it's sort of like Axe Murder Hollow. Yeah. It's back in a secluded, wooded area, and this bridge was supposedly haunted, and people would hear children crying and people screaming and horses running over the bridge when there weren't any. And this has, again, been probably for 100 years. People have talked about the bridge. And they actually thought it was the bridge that was haunted, but then the bridge burned. I think it was 2007, somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. And so we thought all that spooky stuff would go away, but um, apparently there's still spirit activity out there, according to these ghost hunting groups who go out there to 
check things out. Yeah. And they said it's so it it, does, it appears to just be the area and not specifically the bridge. But Gudgeonville is another, and it's it's still kind of spooky, but it's not as spooky because there's no bridge there anymore. Um, now on the other side of the county, there's Waterford. Yes. Waterford has the Eagle Hotel, uh-huh. which is this big, beautiful building on the main street that was built around 1840-something. And it's stood all this time. But when it was originally built in the 1840s, one of the earliest employees of the Eagle Hotel was this young woman named Matilda. And Matilda was a chambermaid. We've heard of Matilda. You've, you've heard yes, the story of Matilda. I, I love this story, though. She was a chambermaid, who was, which is somebody who kind of was a jack-of-all-trades. She did all kinds of work in the hotel. And she was a good chambermaid, but she's described in historical records as a crazed chambermaid, uh, which means she, she had a, a few problems. And one of her big problems was she broke up with her boyfriend at one point and became distraught and decided she was going to kill herself. So her method of suicide was to set herself on fire. So she goes to work one day at the Eagle Hotel. She sets herself on fire, and of course she died. And she also burned down most of the Eagle Hotel in the process. So when it was rebuilt, all these strange things were happening Mm -hmm. in the hotel, which still continue to this day. She apparently likes the kitchen. She makes the cupboard doors open and close. She knocks dishes off the walls. The staff will say that she'll hide your keys if you leave them laying out. They'll disappear and you'll find them in a drawer somewhere. Uh, She whispers people's names as they work in the kitchen, especially if they're alone. Um, God. (laughs) So Matilda's very active, or at least she's the one who gets blamed for everything that happens. So that that hotel, and they have a very nice restaurant there if you haven't been there. Yes. Um, Absolutely. And a couple years ago, I was told by one of the servers that it actually is part of the orientation when you get a job as a server at the Eagle Hotel that you have to learn how to deal with the ghost of Matilda because she's she's a busy gal. Yeah, I guess so. So, so yeah, that's Waterford's a pretty haunted place as well. So those those two towns are probably have the most ghost stories, especially Gerard, of, of all the ones that I know of. Now, do you think, just a quick aside before we, of course, I'm sure you have tons of these that you could share, but do you think that these are actually people experiencing this, or is this just, you've heard of Matilda, and you know, you know, and so it's your mind playing tricks on you? What, do you, what is your I would take say on this? it's that, I think there's something to it. Yeah. Only because people who say they don't believe in ghosts have had these experiences and they can't explain them uh-huh. um, I'm sure there are some suggestible people like me I would go in there and go I'd see all kinds of stuff yeah you know just because I'm expecting to see it same um, yeah but, <laughs> That's how I am. Um, but for a lot of the haunted places it's it's people who who um, don't believe in ghosts uh-huh. who seem to have the experiences it's almost like that thing where you have a cat and if you hate cats, that, that you're the person that the cat wants to go to. Exactly. I think the ghosts are more attracted to the people who don't really believe or don't even think about it uh-huh. until something happens, and then they say, well, maybe I believe in ghosts. Right. So what are what are some other cool stories? Let's continue. I feel like people love, you know, and mm-hmm. I know that Waterford, it's the historic towns, you know? Right. It's um, rich in history. Right. Um, and back in, in Girard, again, Girard has a big history with, especially in the 1800s with Dan Rice, who was this famous circus owner across the country. And even though we don't know much about him, we don't hear about him today, he was well known all across America back in the 1860s. And he made Girard his winter home, mm-hmm. he brought his circus there every year. So there was a lot of history there. 
And so his mansion that he used to live in was in the town square. Uh, it's no longer there, but uh, he also owned the, um, the Girard Hotel. So we don't know if his mansion was haunted because it was torn down in the 1940s, but the Girard Hotel, which he did own at one point, is still there. And there are a lot of hauntings reported in that building because it's, again, very old, the 1840s. It was when a lot of the buildings were built in Girard, and that was one of them. So in the Girard Hotel, there has been uh, sightings of a woman with her hair up in a bun in a white dress up on the second floor where they used to rent hotel rooms. And she's always seen sort of doing the same thing. Um, Then on the first floor, there's a lady who's an old lady seen washing her hands in the area where there used to be a bathroom. And whenever anyone sees her, she's always doing the same thing, washing her hands. Um, So those kind of hauntings, as I understand it, are more or less like a residual energy that's just left there. Mm -hmm. And the ghost is just sort of hanging around doing the same thing over and over. But then there's active ghosts in there as well, like sort of like a poltergeist Mm -hmm. who likes to play pool. So the owners uh, say that when they used to uh, have a bar there on the first floor, sometimes they would stay in the rooms upstairs. In the middle of the night, they would hear the the people playing pool. So they would go downstairs and there was nobody there. the the balls were moving around, but there was nobody there. And uh, so there is a poltergeist in that hotel too. I can't imagine, like, yeah. just walking downstairs and seeing that unfold. I would yeah, that, have no idea. There was actually a tragic death in the Girard Hotel that you would think that maybe this woman was haunting it, but there's been no stories about her, but it's a cool story anyway. Her name was Ellen Shannon, and she was a chambermaid at the Girard Hotel back in 1870, and her job was to light the lamps at night. And it was a dangerous job to do that because the lamp oil would often explode. Yeah. But the Girard Hotel was very progressive, and so they had bought the latest thing, which was R.E. Danforth's non-exploding lamp oil. So she thought she was pretty safe, went around lighting the lamps, and but unfortunately, um, one did explode, and she was burned over most of her body and died in that Girard Hotel. Um, but as far as we know, we're still looking for a ghost, and she maybe didn't want to hang around. And about Ellen Shannon, um, a reminder that there is an interesting um, headstone in yes. the Girard Cemetery. Indeed there is. That reads, in memory of Ellen Shannon, age 25 years, who fatally burned March 21st, 1870, by the explosion of a lamp filled with R.E. Danforth's non-explosive burning fluid. Exactly. Exactly. That's her episode. Yeah. Yes. yes. Um, and actually, I think that's in one of the Ripley's Believe It or Not books yes. at some point. That's crazy. Um, yeah. So. Speaking of hotels, Conneaut Lake Hotel is also, mm. there's all, that's another one mm. that there's a lot of, aren't there brides seen there, different like. Yeah. I don't know a lot about Conneaut, but people have told me stories, mm-hmm. you know, about it. And it always seems, it almost has the feel of like an herb urban legend yes, as well because right. it's always a bride and it was she got killed on her wedding night mm-hmm. and then the place burned down I mean and it did burn um, but people um, do see this bride kind of running around Conneaut Lake and, and again I don't know all the details of the story. How do you verify I mean do you look at like building records to see like when fires occurred and like when different like how do you how do you vet these out? I do try to look up the historical aspect just to make sure that I'm telling the correct history. Right. But as far as the legends themselves, I always tell people when I do tours and things, I say this is a legend. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's fact, I'll tell you it's fact. But if it's legend, I'm going to tell you that too because you can't verify a lot of them. A lot sure. of them are just stories that are word of mouth, are really interesting and probably have 
gotten embellished over the years <laughs> a little bit, but they're still fun. What about, Stephanie also does candlelight walk tours on Dobbins Landing. Mm -hmm. What about the city of Erie? I mean, what are some of the most interesting tales or legends you have found within the city? Well, actually, probably my favorite one, because it is historical, is uh, the story of Matt Anthony Wayne. Yes. Now, there's this um, little fort called the Wayne Blockhouse that's on the grounds of the Pennsylvania Soldiers and Sailors Home. So if you drive, you have to drive back in there to find it. But um, it's a kind of a smallish little fort. But um, Anthony Wayne was, if for those of you who don't know, was a Revolutionary War soldier who uh, fought with George Washington. He actually was a very good general, but he was called Mad Anthony because he, he had red hair and he acted a little crazy, but he really was a good general. Um, and he has a tie to Erie uh, for something that people don't know a lot about. Um, we've, we've named schools and streets and everything after Anthony Wayne, but really all he did in Erie was die. Huh? He, he died here. He was here a couple weeks and he died. Um, he had, was traveling from Detroit to Pittsburgh when he got sick. And so he ended up in Erie and he stayed in that little blockhouse and sent for his doctor to come and treat him. But the doctor didn't get here in time and Anthony, Anthony Wayne died in that blockhouse. And so his soldiers just buried him underneath the blockhouse. Well, that would have been the end of it, um, except it turns out Anthony Wayne had a couple children in his hometown of Philadelphia. So his son was sent 13 years after Anthony Wayne died in that blockhouse. His son was sent by the family from Philadelphia to come up here, dig up his dad's body, and take it back home to be buried in that cemetery. <laughs> so, well, apparently it was his daughter's dying wish to be buried in the cemetery with her father. Okay. So she wanted his remains to, to go back to Philadelphia. So oh Isaac, the son, gets up here and he brings this little horse and buggy because he figured there wouldn't be much left mm -hmm. after 13 years. So they dig up the body and it turns out that Anthony Wayne looks fabulous after 13 years. He really... Well, what a thunk. He hadn't just decomposed at all. So now Isaac can't fit the whole body onto his wagon. So a doctor in Erie recommended that they stuff that body into a pot. You've probably heard this story, mm -hmm. some of you. So they stuffed Anthony Wayne's body in a big cast iron pot and they boiled him for a day or so and it boiled all the flesh and everything off so Isaac could just take the bones home on his little wagon. So he did that and left and he was happy. But it turned out that he didn't realize how bumpy the roads were from Erie to Philadelphia back in 1789. So he lost most of the bones on oh. his way home. Um, and his cauldron is on display at the- uh, Hagen History Erie, Center. Hagen yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. So you can see that actual cauldron. Um, but as the legend has it, because they then buried the rest of what was left in the pot back under the blockhouse. Oh God. So now he's buried in Philadelphia. He's also buried in Erie. So the legend is that on New Year's Eve, he is out and about on the road every year because that's his birthday riding up and down the roads trying to collect his missing bones and wow. put himself back together <laughs> that's a fun one <laughs> that is and it's mostly true um you know that last part right like you can look up the, the legend. history yeah but you can, yeah he actually was boiled in the pot and that's everything insane. else actually happened and the, the blockhouse is still there um the blockhouse has been investigated several times but i don't think there's been a whole lot found there in terms of haunting yeah um but it, He's still there underneath the block. What about, like, have groups, paranormal groups, um, done investigations, like, at Axe Murder Hollow? I know they've done, like, the Connie Lake Hotel, different, mm -hmm. like, places, but have they done areas like Gudgeonville or, like... 
You know what I mean? Yeah, one of the ghost hunting groups, there's a a gentleman named James McCann, and he has had a group for years and years in Erie, and yet he was particularly attracted to Gudgeonville, Mm -hmm. and I think he spent like a decade out there. Wow. He made a movie about it, um, about his investigation at Gudgeonville Bridge, Mm. and there was a, a lot of interesting photographs of mists and things like that that you wow. wouldn't expect to see um, and he did find a lot of, of ghost activity out there even after the bridge burned down that's insane yeah x murder hollow i'm not so sure because it's such a big area yes no one really uh, how would you yeah right how to narrow that down yes what about any other stories you want to share before we sign off well, there's a couple of stories about the Erie Cemetery. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm sure there's. That are pretty interesting. Uh, there's the Witch's Circle, and then there's the Vampire Crypt. I know some of you probably have heard these legends, but um, there is a circle of headstones just inside the gate of the Erie Cemetery, and two of the stones have been completely blackened. And as the story goes, there were a couple of witches who, uh, male witches, warlocks, I guess they were called, who uh, were practicing witchcraft in Erie Erie back in the 1800s, 1830-something, I think is when they died. And these two witches died, and they were buried in this circle, and no one's really sure why the gravestones are in a circle. But one night, um, a couple days after the one gentleman was buried, it was May of 1834, a big windstorm, thunderstorm, blew through Erie, and caused a lot of damage in the cemetery. And when the folks were walking around looking at the damage, they noticed that all of a sudden the two headstones of those two witches were black and the rest of them were all fine. So they took that to mean that the devil had come to Erie that night and took the souls of those two witches. That's insane. How about Carla at Brewery who fell down the steps apparently and also a girl who died in a car accident outside of the Cathedral of St. Paul. Hmm. West 7th Street. Carla at uh, Erie Brewery, or Brewery Erie, I've heard of that one. Yeah. yeah, actually her name, I believe her name was Clara. Clara, Clara. that's yeah. what it is. Little girl who uh, was four years old, traveling with her dad when the brewery used to be a big bustling train station back in 1925. It was built and it was a very busy um, station. So she was walking up the steps to wait on the platform with her dad to get on the train and he had a big suitcase and he turned around to speak to her and he accidentally knocked her off the stairs, off the platform uh, with his suitcase and she died. And Clara has been, uh, there have been a number of investigations at the brewery and they have heard a little girl speaking. Um, Oh, I just got chills when you said that. (laughs) Well, then this will probably really get you. There was an an incident where uh, when the brewery first opened, there was an IT gentleman who came in to set up all the computers and he came in in the evening so he brought his little daughter with him to just play around while they were working on the computers and when it was time to go he called her to go home and she said okay daddy just a minute I have to say goodbye to my friend she fell down the stairs Um, so I mean there was no way this child knew this story so um, and and you do hear that a lot that children will often be more sensitive to spirits being around because they don't have any filter you know, they don't know yeah. that they're not supposed to see ghosts, so they just see them and they think they're friends. So, uh, th- yeah, that's the story of Clara. And she's still still around. They they have a little um, area where she plays. They have, um, like, a ball and a rocking chair and a doll for her. And uh, the staff says that those things do get moved around occasionally when, when she's active uh, in the brewery. Now, as far as the, the car accident outside the cathedral, I'm sorry, I don't know that one, so I can't So you contact her, and if you do know that if one. If you do know more about it, I'd love to hear about it, because yes. I don't know that story. One last thing about Clara, which is 
wild. So last year, Chris and I were doing a Facebook Live kind of with Chris Sirianni from the brewery. Mm -hmm. And we were down in the tunnels and went into a specific room. And he can attest, our battery was at like 90%. We actually had it charging at that point. Like it was connected to a charger. Went from 90% to 0% like that and we all three looked at each other we were like oh oh my god so but anyway that was people do say that because the the ghosts will suck that energy up so that they can be more active yeah for that what chills but anyway okay so stephanie um your candlelight ghost tours this year are booked completely yeah we're sold out for this year but keep in mind for next year because i've heard really lovely things about the tours and thank you yeah um if people want to contact you 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 have a website correct yep candlelightghostwalks.com so um my contact information is on there if you got any stories you want to tell me or if you have questions feel free yeah all right thank you so much stephanie for joining us and uh thank you guys so much for joining us today on facebook live thank you